Amen. All right. Go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs, chapter 4. Just trying to think about what to preach on Mother's Day. Want to do something you know appropriate for the day. I tell you, I do. I do appreciate mothers, and I, I especially, of course, appreciate my mother. And uh, I was I was blessed to have a good mom. And I tell you, uh, we're gonna go. I'm looking forward to go. We're gonna go see her uh, after the service today and have lunch over there. But I, I appreciate moms. And you know, as I was thinking about what to preach, and I'm looking at uh, different examples of moms in the Bible. Uh, one of the things that I kind of came to the conclusion of, and what I'm going to be talking today, I guess the title of my message today is, is that mothers haven't changed much. Mothers haven't changed much. We can look, we're going to look at some things in the Bible about some moms from thousands of years ago. And really, you can kind of, you can probably look at some of these things and it'll, it'll remind you of your mom in a way, or maybe some mothers that you have seen. But Proverbs chapter 4, Verse 1 through 3, it says, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for another opportunity to preach your word. And Lord, I pray that you will help me through this message today. Lord, I pray this can be an encouragement to moms. Lord, there's a lot of great things that we can learn from mothers in the Bible and from our own mothers, dear God. And I just pray you'll help us to do that. In your name we pray. Amen. That statement there, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. You know, the first time I read that, and I thought maybe that kind of lined up with, you know, if you ever heard the statement, you know, that person's got a face that only a mother could love. And, and, uh, when I first read that, I kind of thought maybe that's what that means. But, um, as I studied it, we see that, uh, what is, what he's talking about here is how his mom, he was beloved, is that though he was the only child. And we know that Solomon's mother had other children, uh, besides him. But at the same time, you know, he, Moms, they have a way of making their child feel special. Like they're their only kid. And he mentions that here. Moms, they one of the things we see throughout the Bible is they haven't changed that much over the years. Proverbs chapter 31, if you want to turn over there, I want to show you something. This is written by Solomon's mother who just happened to be Bathsheba. You probably remember who she is. She was the one who committed that horrible sin with David. But Bathsheba, you know, God changed her life and God still used her later. She was a good, godly mother. And the book of Proverbs, or Proverbs chapter 31 are the words that his mother taught him. And it says in verse 3, Solomon's mother says to him, "...give not thy strength unto women..." nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. You know something that moms have always been very cautious. Moms have always been cautious. They're always, they're always the one that are kind of worried about everything and afraid something's going to happen, afraid their kids are going to get hurt. And one thing where moms have always been cautious and thank God for it is especially when it comes to the wrong girl. Well, I tell you, a good thing for young people to do is boys especially listen to their mom's when it comes to the girl that they're dating, you know they they have wisdom that they have insight. Nobody is more concerned about the happiness of that boy or that girl than the mom. 
And she warns him. She says, give not thy strength unto women. There's other passages that they give where she warns him about the wrong kind of women. I think every mom probably does that at some point. They tell their son, stay away from that girl. I know that kind of girl. You need to watch it. You need to stay away from her. She's going to get you in trouble. Maybe they'll do that with their daughters. Say, stay away from that boy. I know that kind of boy. You know, don't. Who cares how good looking he is? Wait till you see what he turns into. <laughs> and you know, they they warn you, and they'll, they'll do everything it can. And you know, moms many times can be very unpopular, and they make their children very upset and mad. You know why? It's just it's because they're cautious. They 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 don't want to see them get hurt. Moms, they they've always warned us about harming ourselves. Verse four. She said, it is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. She warns them. She said, stay away from that. That's going to hurt you. I want you to be careful. And boy, moms are real good about that. They're the ones that are always warning about everything. They warn you not to eat too much junk food. You know they're all. You know you, you got to brush your teeth. All your teeth are going to fall out. You know you need to take this medicine. You're going to end up in the hospital. You know you need to take those vitamins. They you need to do all these things. They're cautious. They don't. They they don't want to, You don't harm yourself. They don't want to see you get hurt. You know boys especially. You know after you get to a certain age and you get really reckless. And you know and guys. I mean you know we're stupid. You know we get hurt. We get a scar or something. You know we're proud of it. Want to show it off. You know mom sees it. Oh you know it's terrible. You know it's horrible. They, you know why? They're they're cautious. They don't want to see you doing that. They don't want I'm, you know they don't want to see you, you know, being daredevils. I remember when I was a kid, I would always make ramps and things for my bike to try and jump. And you know, and thankfully, you know, my mom she was as cautious as could be, worried about everything. Thankfully, my dad was around too that you know believed in making your boy you know man up, and you know he needs to get hurt every now and then. And so we had that balance there. So I was able to do something. But mom, she always. Worry about everything, you know, and just, you know, I, 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 just, I don't want you to get hurt. You're going to break your neck, you know. We'll be climbing trees, and, you know, and they'll, they'll always tell you all these horrible things that could happen. You're going to end up paralyzed, and you're going to be a vegetable, and all those, all those things. You all probably heard that. They warn you against harming yourself. You know, it's a good thing to, li- it's, it's a good thing to listen to. I mean, it's, it's amazing these days what people do to themselves. I mean, the way that we, that we just, they abuse their bodies, and the way that they, uh, just destroy themselves. And let me tell you, when you do that, you say it's my body, but guess what? You're probably breaking your mom's heart somewhere. Because it is like, you don't, you might not mind hurting yourself. You know, kids, they get involved in drugs and things, and that nobody gets more hurt than the mom does. They warn, they warn you. And it's good to listen to those things. And moms also, another thing about moms, like they're cautious, and they will do anything to protect their kids. I want you to look at the story of a mom in 2 Samuel chapter 20. Now, you'll find out when I preach and I tell stories from the Bible, you know, I might sometimes read into these things a little too much. Alright? But I want you to read what the Bible says happened here. And I want to tell you what I kind of picture happening in the story. This is in 2 Samuel chapter 20. Uh, says, and Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. Uh, actually, I'm going to back up, or no, I'm, I need to back up a little bit. I'm sorry, verse 16. What's, what's happened here is Sheba has decided to, he's going to try to take over the kingdom from David. 
he kind of leads a rebellion. And of course, you know, Joab, uh, David's captain, he goes after him and he's going to kill Sheba. And Sheba goes and he hides in this city. And so Joab, he's going to come to the city and he's got his army and they're going to destroy, they're going to kill everybody in the city if they have to, to get to this guy that is trying to take over the kingdom. If they, if they were to protect this man, that's pretty much an act of war as far as they were concerned. And they had the power to go in and defeat them. But look what happens in verse 16. It says, Then cried a wise woman out of the city, Hear, hear, say I pray unto you, Joab, come near hither that I may speak with thee. And when he was come near unto her, the woman said, Art thou Joab? And he answered, I am he. Then she said unto him, Hear the words of thine handmaid. And he answered, I do hear. Then he spake, saying, They were wont to speak in old times, saying, They shall surely ask counsel at Abel. And so they ended the matter. I am one of them that are peaceable and faithful in Israel. Thou seekest to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why wilt thou swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? So this woman comes uh, who is a mother. And she's, she tells Job, says, Listen, why do you need to destroy this whole city? Why do you want to destroy a city? Not just a city, but a mother. You know, she's not really thinking about herself. I think she's thinking, I got kids in this city. And this guy's planning on coming in and destroying the city and killing all my kids. That's not going to happen. And so listen to what she says. Or Joab, you know, he answered and said, Far be it, far be it for me that I should swallow up or destroy. The matter is not so, but the man of Mount Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bitri by name, hath lifted up his hand against the king, even against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. So he said, I just want you to give me, I want you to give me Sheba. If you give me him, we'll leave. And the woman said unto Joab, Behold, his head shall be thrown to thee over the wall. You know, Joab didn't come up with that. She said, well, alright, we'll take care of it. You know, she, and she, this lady, she's careful too. She's not even going to take a chance that if they open the doors to bring him in, that they might not come charging in there. She's like, alright, just be safe. We're going to go cut his head off and throw it to you over the wall. And that's exactly what they did. Then the woman went unto all the people in her wisdom, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Itri, and cast it out to Joab. And he blew a trumpet, and they retired from the city. Every man to his tent. Joab returned to Jerusalem unto the king. That woman not only just saved the whole city, but she, she saved her children. That's what she was ultimately about to do. And here, this guy that comes in here, and he's he's going to get there. She's going to get all his kids killed. And she says, "Uh, uh, that's not going to happen." And she goes and tells Joab, says, "We got to work something out here. I don't want anything happening to my kids." And he said, "We just want Sheba." She's like, "Okay, we'll cut his head off, and we'll throw it over the wall." And I might be reading into this a little bit, but you know what? I I wouldn't be surprised if she was the one that cut his head off. And I almost guarantee it, she's the one that said, here it comes, Joab. And she probably took his head and threw it over the wall. And you know, you might think, well, that's a pretty rough picture of a lady there. But let me tell you, that's a mom that's trying to protect her kids. And I'm here to tell you, you don't want to mess with a mom that's trying to protect her kids. It's the same. It's even the same way in the animal kingdom. Boy, you don't want to get some of them, them mamas mad at you. They'll tear you apart. Even some animals that aren't that scary, they can become really scary. I remember I was riding my bike one time along a canal, and there was uh, there was there was a mama goose right there with a with a bunch of babies. 
And I thought, oh, cute. And I went by, and boy, that mama came after me, and she starts hit making this hissing noise at me. And it gave me shivers. Boy, I rode as fast as I can off that bike. And then on the way back, she was still there. And I thought, oh boy. And I, I rode as far away from her as I could because she, she scared me a little bit. And you know, let me tell you, that's the way it ought to be. Moms, they're going to do anything they can to protect their children. I mean, you can have this frail little woman that, boy, I mean, she, she can't hardly lift her own weight. But boy, somebody comes after her kids and she can just tear somebody apart. I mean, boy, they fight dirty. They fight ugly. And this mom, she did that very thing. And you know what? I'm just here to say that moms haven't changed much. And I, I commend her for that. I think that's pretty impressive. But you know what? And this was a wise woman. But you know what? This isn't just something that for just maybe good women or Christian women. In 1 Kings chapter 3, we see a woman, a mother, who was a harlot. And look away, look at the way she was with her child. You may remember the story. It says, Then came there two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. And the one woman said, O my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house. And I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass the third day after I was delivered that this woman was delivered also. And we were together. And there was no stranger in the house, or with us in the house, save we two in the house. And the woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. And she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me while thine handmaid slept and laid it in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son, which I did bear. And the other woman said, Nay, but the living is my son, and the dead is thy son. And this said, No, but the dead is thy son, and the living is my son. Thus they spake before the king. Then said the king, The one saith, This is my son that liveth, and thy son is dead. And the other saith, Nay, but thy son is dead, and my son is the living. And the king said, Bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, Divide the living child in two, and give half to the one and half to the other. Then spake the woman whose the living child was unto the king, for her bowels yearned upon her son. And she said, O my Lord, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. But the other said, Let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. Then the king answered and said, Give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. Solomon, he knew moms. He knew that no mom was going to let Anybody take a sword and cut their son in half. And that mom, boy, she and she would rather than having her son chopped in half, she would rather it go to another woman. And that other woman, she said, No, let's divide it. No mom would say anything like that. And it was very clear because moms are cautious. Moms have always been protective of their children. And thank God for that. Moms also, they've always been concerned. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. You don't have to turn them on to read one verse. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. No one's hurt more than a mother when something happens to their child. It says, A foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Let me tell you something. You know, one thing that I think we all owe our parents is to, I mean, I mean we, we owe them something. We, and we, one thing you don't want to do is make your mom miserable 
you know, worrying about you all the time. And get it's it's a terrible thing. A foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. It's sad what we put our moms through sometimes. And not just when we were little, but even when you're growing up. Your moms don't ever quit worrying about you. If your mom's alive today, she's concerned about you. She cares about you. Even when they've grown up, Proverbs 23, verse 22 says, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. And he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. Notice how it says, uh, "Not to despise or despise not thy mother when she is old." You know, we've got a lot of kids today. They've got this attitude. Well, I'm 18. I have my rights. My parents can't tell me what to do anymore. I'm free to make my own decisions. And let me tell you something. Just because our law gives you the right to do what you want after you turn 18, it doesn't mean that it is right to do whatever you want. And you know what? something that kids especially ought to remember these days? That your mom, you, know, you can talk about your rights all you want, but your mom, as twisted as this is, had the right to have you cut out of her womb in this country. It's twisted, but they had the right. And it's twisted, I think, some of the rights that some of these kids think that they have and the way that they abuse it. And thank God your mom didn't do that to you. Thank God my mom didn't do that to me. She could have done that to me, but she didn't. She had me. She took care of me. You know, when we were when you're born, I mean, you're on your own. There's you you're helpless. I'll never forget when we took Tommy home from the hospital. I remember we're walking out of that hospital, I'm carrying him in that that little kid in that car seat. And I remember we, I, we sent him down for a second to do something. I remember just thinking, this child is 100% dependent on us. And it was kind of an overwhelming feeling that you can't, you can't just leave these kids. Babies need somebody to take care of them. They need somebody to feed them. They need somebody to take their diapers. They need somebody uh, to, to love them and, and uh, uh, pay attention to them. They need all those things. And nobody does that better than a mom. And it's sad how quickly we forget that. and We forsake them. We think because we're grown up, we don't have to pay attention anymore. But it says, despise not thy mother. When she's old, your mom is always going to be concerned about you. And we ought to all, you ought to always respect your mom. Your father too, always respect them. Always think about how the, what you do, how it might affect your mom. Even to this day, and when I was a teenager, and whenever I would even think about maybe doing something that I shouldn't do, all I would have to do sometimes to stop me is think about how this would affect my mom. My mom, you know, she could be pretty emotional. And I remember I would think, man, that would tear her to pieces. She would cry forever if I did that. And the thought of doing that to my mom, I just, I couldn't do it. I love my mom. And you see some of the things that people do these days, and it's like, how could you do that to your parents? You know, it's one thing to do it to yourself. But your mom, how could you do that to your mom? We don't, and we don't want to do that. Your mom, moms have always been concerned. Moms also, they've always been compassionate. In Proverbs 3, verse 18, this is Bathsheba talking to Solomon again. But I like what I like what she says to him here, moms. I think this 
translations uh, very accurate of mothers today. It says, Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth and judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Moms have always been compassionate. Moms, are all, they're always the ones to encourage you to help the helpless. That's what she's saying here. Open thy mouth for the dumb. Help people that can't help themselves. You know, it's it's the moms that are always you know you know boys especially you know they're always wanting to kill things. When I, I lived on a farm and there was always different animals and things around, and I was always wanting to do stuff to them. But it's always the mom. It's like no, you know, leave the bird alone. You know, leave the cat alone. You know, leave, you know be you know be nice be nice to the animals. Be nice to other people. Maybe there's somebody who that you know that the, maybe this kid that nobody else liked, and your mom was always the one. Hey, you know what? You need to go be friends with that person. You need to go pay attention to that person. I remember when I was a kid in our church, they decided they were going to get, they were going to have, start having a kids choir. And I was getting to that age, you know, I was kind of a preteen, you know, so I was getting to where I thought I was kind of cool and everything. And, you know, I, I was being told at that time, which by the way, it is not true that I was thinking that singing wasn't cool. You know, it's like, oh man, I ain't, I ain't singing no kids choir, you know, I'm, I'm like 11 years old. I'm going to be a teen major here pretty soon. You know, I don't need to be singing with a bunch of kids. And so, I thought I'm not, I didn't join the kids' choir. Well, none of the boys did. But there was one boy that was there. I remember one boy, he was sitting there watching the whole thing. And, he, and you could tell that he wanted to be in the kids' choir, but there were no other boys. And I remember my mom saw that. She's like, she's like Tommy, look at him. He wants to be in that kids' choir, but he doesn't want to be the only boy. You're you're joining the kids choir, and I joined the kids choir. <laughs> and you know what? She they're compassionate. They see that, and they think about it. You know, and moms are like that. They want they're always wanting you to help other people. Oh, you know that person that person needs help. Do something. They you know they want you to be fair. She said, "Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy." They they want you to be fair. You know, Dad sometimes you know whenever things don't go fair, ah, that's life. You need to learn to deal with it. Man up and handle it, you know. And that's dads. You know, moms, they're always, you know, they're they're always kind of the one you're looking for, you know, wanting justice and they especially want their children. They don't ever want them to be unfair. You know, if you get in a fight with somebody or you know, push push somebody around, you know, the dad's just like, Oh, did you win? You know, the mom's like, Did he really deserve that? You know, do you really think you should I think you need to apologize <laughs> to him? And that's just the way moms have always been. Moms have not Change much over the year. But one thing also, though, about moms is with their compassion, is that no matter what, you can always count on them to be there for you. They're 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 always there for you. You know, we're we can be really mean sometimes. You know, you think about different villains, you know, murderers and things. And you know, we're always Real anxious to see them get thrown in prison for the rest of their life or executed. You know, we we want to see it. You know, we always want to see it happen. And you know, but one thing that's just that's always said is anytime there's ever an execution or a trial and somebody's sentenced to years in prison, while there's a whole bunch of people that are all excited about seeing justice done, there's always one person that you can always count on being there, whose heart's broken, who's crying through the whole thing, and it's that person's mom. No matter how evil the guy was, no matter what he did, there's always that mom that's there that just 
is having compassion, that is begging for mercy for her son, that doesn't want to see anything, that doesn't want to see anything happen to him. And there's an example, and there, there's a, there was a mother in the Bible. Last time I want to look at in Second Samuel chapter 21. If you want to turn over there, Second Samuel chapter 21. I mean, we can disappoint our moms, we can break our moms' hearts, but you know, one thing that you just can't do is ever get them to where they don't love you anymore, and where they won't be there. And here we have a very—it's a very sad story. Of course, King Saul had done all kinds of evil things as king. And while David was king, after Saul was gone, God was beginning to punish Israel for some of the things that Saul had done when he was king. And Saul had done one country wrong, and he, David went to those men and said, what do we need to do to make up for what we've done? And they said they wanted the sons of Saul. They wanted their lives. And of course, Saul didn't have any other sons that were alive, but they took some of his, they took some of his grandsons. And they had him put to death. And in verse 8 it says, But the king took the two sons of Rizpah, the daughter of Ea, whom she bare unto Saul, Armoni and Mephibosheth, and the five sons of Michael, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up for Adriel, the son of Barzillai, the Maholathite. And he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites. And they hanged them in the hill before the Lord. And they fell, all seven together, and were put to death in the days of harvest, in the first days in the beginning of barley harvest. And Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, took sackcloth and spread it for her upon the rock from the beginning of the harvest until water dropped upon them out of heaven and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day nor the beast of the field by night. Here we see a mom who's there and she's staying in this spot where her sons are hanging dead. They're dead. And she's there and she's there really for one purpose, to keep the birds from eating them. She didn't want anything to happen to their carcasses. And and they're dead. You'd think she could say, it's too late. But you know what? She cared even about the dead corpses because those were her boys. These were grown men. But they were her sons. And she was there day and night with them. And in verse 11, and it was told David what Rizpah the daughter of Ai, the concubine of Saul, had done. And David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son, from the men of Jabesh-Gilead, which had stolen them from the streets of Bethshan, where the Philistines had hanged them, when the Philistines had slain Saul and Gilboa. And he brought them up from thence, the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son. And they gathered the bones of them that were hanged. And the bones of Saul and Jonathan, his son, buried they in the country of Benjamin, in Zelah, in the sepulcher of Kish, his father, and they performed all that the king commanded. And after that, God was entreated for the land. When David, when David found out about this mom that was out there, David before didn't really care much about these guys, thinking this is this is justice. This is what needs to be done for God to forgive us for what Saul had done as king. But when he heard about that mom that was out there, that still cared even though her sons were dead, they're hanging dead. He went out there and he had them taken down, and they had them they had them all buried. And really, that that story is a a reminder. It should be a reminder for all of us whose moms are still around that you know it's important. It's very important how we live our lives and what the choices 
that we make because they all all the choices that we we make affect other people. They affect our children. They affect our families. But they definitely affect your mother. They want the best for you. They want you. They want you to be happy. They want you to be successful. They the moms want that more than anything. And no matter what you do, no matter how much you break their heart, they're always going to be there. And it ought to be our desire to never do that. So I don't want to do that. Even if your parents are gone. They may be in heaven right now. You say, you know what? I want to honor my parents' memory. And I know even though they're dead and gone, they might not have any way of knowing what's going on in my life right now, but at the same time, if they were alive, would they, would they be proud of me where I'm at? Would they be pleased with what I'm doing with my life? Because the truth is, there is coming a day where we're all going to stand before God. And you know what? Your parents are going to be there. And they're going to... They're going to... I don't know what all is going to take place that day. But I guarantee you, when the Lord says, if the Lord says to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant, I know there's one person there that's going to be thrilled to death to hear that. That's going to be my mom. But boy, I can't even imagine if the Lord said, thou wicked and slothful servant. There would be nobody more ashamed than my own mom. And all, listen, I think... We ought to always do right, ultimately because we want to please God and because we love God. But you know what? If they, you know, a lot of people these days they don't love God like they should. But boy, you know, they don't have the faith to to trust somebody who they can't see. But what about your mom? You know, because the truth is, if you won't even listen, my, if you won't even listen to your mom, or if you don't even care about your mom who you can see, then what makes you think you're going to care about a God who you can't see? And I and let me t- moms, they're a wonderful thing. They haven't changed much. They always care. And I know even in my life right now that I am I am concerned about how I make my mother feel. And I don't ever want to do the I don't want to do the wrong thing because I know it would break my mother's heart. I know my mom would do whatever she had to do. My mom would give anything to help me. My mom would suffer greatly if it would if it would help me out. But you know, I'd rather not do that to her. And we, and I, and I hope, and I know you wouldn't want to do that either. But thank God for moms. If you're a mother here today and you have younger kids, you know, you're going to find out it's not going to change a whole lot. Even after they grow up, a lot of times moms think, "Oh man, I'll be glad once they're just grown up and out of the house." Well, I'm not to that point yet, but from what I understand, you never stop worrying about them. You never stop caring. They're always your kids. They're always going to be your little baby. And I hope we'll remember that. I think, uh, I think if people would just think about their moms, it would help them make much better decisions. People are making some really goofed up decisions these days. And I think it's because, like that first verse, some of those verses we read, they, it's like they despise their mother. Don't do that to your mom. And best way you can help your mom have a happy Mother's Day is to just be doing right. If she sees you're happy, I guarantee you she's going to be happy. So let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.